This week on Invasion, the podcast, we say goodbye to Cleveland's own Wes Craven. We give our two quarters worth of the book Ready Player One. And I test Joe on sports ball. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? All right, and welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul Trackball Stedman, and to my left, as always, is Joe, and Sir Coin to continue, Peters. Hello. Because <laughs> his health is always constantly dwindling, so we have to keep dropping quarters in there. I just open up the the ins- the thing where the coins go in, and then there's a little lever. You just hit so it. So you're just going to live forever. Yes. <laughs> That's the secret of immortality is just unlimited uh, credits. When I was younger, um, one of my buddies had a gauntlet machine in his basement, and it was just... Let me oh, t- that's awesome. No, let me tell you how fun gauntlet is when you have unlimited lives. It's not, because <laughs> because you stop hitting the damn button, and you just use your body to kill everything, because so you, you don't... just run to the exits. Yeah, you basically just run to the exits, because like in gauntlet, like when you got your quarters on the line, and you're worried about your health, and you're like throwing your axes and stuff, Yeah, like... It just turns into, like, I'm just going to absorb ghosts and run to the exit because (laughs) I have 168 guys. Well, that's like, what was it? Uh, Mary and I were playing Rampage at the 16-bit, and it's like, it was fun, but it's like, well, this game could go on forever. Yeah. And it just then There was something about those, like, early... Early '80s, like to mid '90s, like type of like where They're it's like quarter, the quarter feeders, yeah. yeah, and it's like the Simpsons brawler and the yeah. Ninja Turtles. It's like yeah. well, this game's fun if I have a few dollars, but if I'm right. gonna play this for six hours, this isn't nearly as much fun. Yeah. So um, look at that. We're already jumping into nostalgia and video games, and that, there's a lot of that coming. So let's just get to the news. News team, assemble! As always, news is brought to us by Midwest Best Grooming Company, dedicated to bringing you only the finest beard balms and oils, strong enough to tame the roughest of faces and alluring enough to draw in those who love it. And that's at mwbgroomingco.com. So there you go. The beards. Check them out. They're getting pretty big. Yeah. I mean, the beards too. They're yeah. getting, it's like, but you, if, if they get too big, then you got to tame it. That's why you need the beard balm. Yeah. So I said it right. Yeah. Beard balm. Um, <laughs> So the, the the big news, which is news that none of us want to ever, ever report, uh, Wes Craven passed away actually two days ago. Yeah. I want to say he was 73? 76. 76. 76. Uh, mm-hmm. He was living in L.A. at the time because I know he was a big staple in Martha, Martha's Vineyard. Um, like, he stayed there a lot. He went there a lot. Uh, but he's originally from Cleveland. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street actually is based off of Elm Street in Cleveland from, oh. from what I read about him. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. It just, um, it, I, as time goes on, obviously you're going to lose your legends. Right. So it's yeah. like, that's going to be, this is a sad day. Cause it's just one of those things where it's like, there's the scream TV series that's going to MTV right now. That it's like that he was kind of, he wasn't producing it, but it's like, he had a little bit of say in what was going uh-huh. on. So it's like, and it, and obviously he was, well, he had brain cancer and it's like, no one knew about it until it was done. So it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't think of him as like, I don't know, frail and we weren't going to get anything else from him. 
I just always kind of thought, well, he, you know, he's going to come back with something, you know, because like mm-hmm. Scream Four came out just a few years ago, and that was actually pretty good. I don't know if you saw Scream Four. Uh, I didn't get to see it, and uh, like, way better than three. Like it's actually it's it's I, smart and it's interesting. I liked one and two, and that's like getting into like Wes Craven. Like there, there, I have I have some pretty good memories of Wes Craven's movies growing up. Um, like uh, Dream Warriors, I think it was Dream Warriors. Or yeah, maybe that's, it was, the, that's the third Nightmare movie. Well, I'm not sure if it was the third or the second one, but I, I remember that was the first R-rated movie I ever saw when I was five. Oh well, okay. So I, because I watched all these, it's like got Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the second one's Freddy's Revenge, um, and then you had Dream Warriors, which was the one with the Dawkins soundtrack and yeah, and all, and the kids that could be like there's the Dungeon Master and all. Right. And sleep. Is that the and one? The that power you, Glove. Freddy had the Power Glove. Yeah, I think something like that. I yeah. don't remember. All I remember is I remember we had this really crappy VHS player when I was a kid, and like my dad went and he rented a bunch of movies, and he rented the new Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was like, oh, I want to watch it, and I was like five. He's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So he's like. And then I think like two of the neighbor kids were over and we were kind of like hanging out and, and they were like, oh, we've seen it. We've seen it. And he's just like, all right, fine. So they <laughs> threw it in and like we're like sitting on the floor. We're like glued to the TV and like we had pillow. I remember we had like the throw pillows from the couch and we're holding them. And then like anytime it got like too intense, we'd be like, ah, I'll put our heads in the in the pillows. Yeah. But I'll never forget that. That was like my first R-rated movie. And, you know, when you're five, that's kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, and I know there's probably some of you out there who are like, this terrible parenting, <laughs> but whatever. You know, well, I, you know, I, I grew up in the same household where like my mom would, if it had a cool looking box, she would rent it. So I saw a lot of questionable content way too young. Mm-hmm. And I think I turned out okay. I yeah. don't, maybe, but, but yeah, like um, Lamar Elm Street, that always messed with me as a kid. Um, but it's like the, the thing, like Craven, he, he's obviously, he, he had some, some successes, had some, had some flops too, but it's like, I'd put him more successful mainstream like above like john carpenter well, even though i love john carpenter a great yeah. deal and he's still around smoking and eating like fried chicken and playing first person shooters so that's all he does is like play like call of duty and just smoke oh, all I day long it. yeah it's like you make that you you have a career you have money you just sit at home and just play video games i'm fine with that um but it's like he like craven and and you know carpenter and those guys it's like they're they're interesting not only because like they had like their iconic franchises right i mean you know craven has freddy but he also helped make scream a thing. He also, it's just, he, it wasn't just one thing for him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and even when he had failures like vampire in Brooklyn, which no one should ever, ever watch. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just in some other like off stuff. Like, I don't know if Joe, you don't remember deadly friend. I remember deadly friend. It was, I don't all, remember that. now. a guy, like, he falls in love with a girl and she ends, I think she ends up dying early, but he puts like a, like a chip in her brain to bring her back. But then it's like, she goes from being, being her to being like robotic back and forth. And it gets really like uh-huh. crazy. Like, cause the eighties is all about, you put a, a chip in someone and they're going to go nuts, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but scream, I had a lot of like scream was probably the one iconic movie for me as a teenager that it destroyed movies. Like it was so good that it destroyed movies for like the next five, six years. It, it was interesting. Well, it was the first, it was probably like that quintessential slasher movie that teenagers went and saw. Cause like when I was younger and Freddie and Jason came out that, that was, that was my Freddie and Jason as a teenager. Cause teenagers would go, go to the movies to see these horror movies and, you know, be alone in a dark room and just be scared yeah. by like Freddy Krueger. And then like West or West took it to the next generation with scream. Like, I think it was 96 when it came out. And I, I, I remember I went to the movie theater with like, I want to say like six of my friends yeah. from high school 
And I was just completely lost in this movie. And I was like, this is such a good movie. And, like, I wasn't, like, a huge... Like, I would watch slashers all the time, but it was yeah. more for a comical thing. This wasn't as comical as the other ones. No, it like, got intense. It and did. It, and I've seen it somewhat recently. It holds up pretty well. It still um, holds up, yeah. yeah. Um, what I was going to say, though, is, like, so, like... And I, I kind of got away from my point here, but, like, he was known... Like his first couple movies, like Last House on the Left and Hills Have Eyes, were more like they were horror movies in the sense that terrible things happen to people, but it was more about taking the the horror and bringing it to the real world, where it's like you know it's like these people are being terrible to each other, and it was this weird like exploration of violence after the like it was kind of like this thing with it was shortly after Vietnam and these people were like trying to make the statement about violence coming home, and it was like and it was kind of like these, he wasn't being political, but it was kind of still a statement about. We're no longer sheltered, and that big that then and with Carpenter with Halloween, where it's like he brought like the terror to your hometown, to your street, and then Craven had that, and then with Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like you're not even safe in your bed, and I think that really rewrote a lot of what what scares people, and that's definitely one of the most iconic there are things about Freddy being who he is 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 the you're not even safe in your bed because like your house, your bed, that's probably the safest place a lot of people can think of. In that first movie, the girl even falls asleep in the bathtub, and what happens? She gets attacked in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. It's all those, like, everywhere you, you think, like, there's no possible way something bad could happen. That movie's like, by the way, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it and it's just, you know, gone too soon, obviously. I mean, anybody that, that leaves, you know, you don't want to see that happen. And it's like, but it, it's just, he, I don't know, like, he was smart about what he did. And, but I also think that he understood the nature of entertainment and also, like, what really scares people. And I don't think he – I don't want to say he didn't ever want to aspire to something different or more than. I just think he realized, like, this is what I'm really good at. So I'm mm-hmm. going to keep doing interesting things and also making statements. Because people on the stairs – I don't know if you've seen that one. I saw it a long time ago. It, it's, it has this weird, like, rich versus poor theme going through it, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's, – I, I don't know. Give him credit. His movies were just always more than just, I'm going to scare you. Like, Scream was also about the whole notion of, like, it deconstructed horror movies. It did. And, like, again, I, I think it destroyed well, movies. It, because it pokes it, fun yeah. at horror movies, and that's one of the reasons why I thought it was so good. You had the character, I think it was, uh, what's his name's character? Uh, what was his name? Jamie? Is that the character's name? Uh, what the, the, oh, well, that's his real name, right? Or is it Seth Green? That's not Seth, Seth no, Green. No, it wasn't Seth Jamie, Green. Jamie um, Kennedy? Jamie Kennedy, that's right. <laughs> he had a show. He had a show, for Christ's sake, on WB or something. Uh, but, yeah, Jamie Kennedy's character in Scream deconstructed all the 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 slasher movies like he i remember this like in the the third act he was basically explaining to everybody watching the movies how, how everything would go down and it was playing out like that with like rose mcgowan going into the dark garage and everything like that and you're seeing like how cliche-ish it is and it's like you are completely helpless as an audience watching it happen and you're like you're jamie kennedy you're totally right and this is happening right now in the same house you're in like, and i just appreciate that he was able to make a smart tightly put together movie when he was one of those people to help set those rules up to begin with mm-hmm. and that's interesting and it's just you know like uh, just again gone too soon i know Joe's going to mention that uh, that we have we have a friend in common. Yeah, that, that met Wes Craven. One of my friends met Wes Craven, and he didn't even know it was Wes Craven. And we gave him <laughs> we gave him a whole bunch of bunch of crap for it because like um, he was working at uh, a famous footwear in Rocky River. And this was a long time ago. I want to say it was like... I like that you don't like referencing that we worked at Blockbuster, but you have no problem throwing your friends out there where they used to work at. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and do all the background research on yeah. my friends. But um, no, he worked... This was about 10 years ago, I think. So like, I remember he was there and, and like Wes Craven had come in and I think he was buying shoes for like his grandkids or something. And um, Really creepy shoes. Really creepy, yeah. 
with with nails on them. Yeah, and uh, it's like I want them to stab like, their feet when they walk. Can he you do was, that for me? He tells the story, and he's just like he's telling us about how the other sales associates are kind of like like wigging out a little bit about this old guy being in the store. And he said he was real calm and just didn't like. You know, he's nice to everybody, and he just kind of, like, went about his business and helped pick out kids for the, or shoes for the kids. And, um, like, after the guy left, they were like, you didn't know who that was? And he was like, no. And he was like, they are like, that was Wes Craven. Because I think he lived in Westlake at the time. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it was funny because he told us a story, and he's like, I, was like, I don't know who Wes Craven is. I'm like, how do you not know who Wes Craven is? <laughs> and then he felt kind of bad. And we're just like, Freddy Krueger? He's like, I don't watch horror movies. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. So he was probably the best person to help out, right? Because it's just yeah. like... To uh, treat him like a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll never forget that story. Oh, well, that, that's, a, that's a funny story. I like that. So, yeah, uh, again, uh, sad. Um, I... I um, ask anybody out there if, if you uh, care about his movies go you know go watch like the nightmare on elm street stuff but i'd say go watch a new nightmare that was his last one he did did yeah, you see that i one? saw a new nightmare that was like his also deconstruction of that whole freddy thing where it was more like the, the it goes into the real world so he actually played a part in his own movie you know and robert england played himself mm-hmm. really creepy movie and i would say just go watch that and i that not vampire in brooklyn that, no, that's, don't that's, go yeah, with that. So, um, other news that we have here, uh, like so, uh, this feels like news is just kind of kind of slow right now because that's know, okay. We yeah. had a couple episodes ago where news was just king. It's just, yeah, it's, it was like chock full of news. Um, the, the only other thing that we feel that we should bring up is that uh, Borderlands movie is now in development. Lionsgate, and that's exciting. Who I, doesn't love Borderlands? I, people that don't like funny games. That game is the is solid. I mean, take take a funny like. I want to say post-apocalyptic sci-fi world and then give it Diablo's uh, loot game system and then make it a first-person shooter that you can play with your friends. That's Borderlands. And it's funny as hell. Yeah. And I think that uh, since I, especially since I, I, I bet you what greenlit this is that Fury Road did so well. And they're like, wait, what other properties are out there that are kind of like that? Yeah. But this we can make it like, oh, and Deadpool, that trailer did okay. Let's just, just smash them up. I think and- Deadpool's humor is is aligned with borderlands absolutely wouldn't it be great though like if in the movie when they do it that if if they end up killing a bad guy like when a gun drops like you actually see the name of the gun appear on the screen like you like you gotta you gotta emphasize the loot a little bit yeah and make the people excited for the guns they're getting like i think that'd be fun but who do you think would do a good borderlands movie oh man that's a good question because it's got to be like comedy-esque um this is a spring question. Uh, I'm trying to think of some good action comedy movies. I think early Sam Raimi would be amazing at a good Borderlands movie because it'd be over the top yeah. and he'd have the fun, quick edits and the good reaction shots. Who's the guy that did the uh, 2022 21 Jump Street? Oh, that's um, the, the the second one I know is the guys who did the Lego movie. That's uh, Phil Miller. Not Phil Miller. Um, shoot. Uh, it's um, their, 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 their last names are Miller and Phil. Because <laughs> I think it's something like that's two guys. That I think those. they would do a yeah. good job because they did a good job mixing action and comedy. Because that, I mean, it's tough to get a good buddy cop movie out, and they did that. Yeah, um, and I, just, I actually just watched Twenty Two Jump Street uh, just a couple of days ago, and I, I was over the moon about it. And you're right; I think it's that they'd have they have good one liners, and they also let the like. I, I think half that movie is improv. If you ask me, though. and you haven't played Borderlands Two, have you? A little bit. Like Handsome Jack needs to be on the silver screen. Handsome Jack is an awesome villain who do you think would be a good handsome jack george clooney <laughs> like george clooney like 
Like if they could get him to to be as crazy as Handsome Jack, I they think he would be. A well, guy. if you think of George Clooney from like Old oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Like where he got to be a little uh, bit more like you. Okay, not really. You don't think that would be? Eh, I mean, not the same type of character. But he's I don't know because Jack's kind of small too. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about? Um, oh, what's his name? Um, shoot. Guy from Moon. Um, Rockwell? Yeah, Sam Rockwell. He would be a good one because you know what? He has really good delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Get put, well, he has some jack. Does he have a mustache? Or, no, he just has like um, sideburns and like the pompadour hairdo or yeah. something. Okay. Yeah. No, that'd be fun. And then obviously you got Claptrap, the robot. Like that would be, I think you could have, a, like, done right, I think Borderlands would be like, you wouldn't even have to care it was a video game. I think it'd just be a fun movie. And, and, I, and t- What's her name? Tiny, is it Tina? Tiny Tina? Yeah. Yeah. Like, She's like she was probably one of my favorite parts of Borderland too. Yeah, the psychotic little thirteen-year-old girl blows everything up. Yeah, I just think that this like if you do it right, like I think people could be on board for it. So like yeah. as details come, I'm sure we'll talk about it six thousand times. So um, that will do it for news. So let's get to um, we got some important stuff to get here. So let's let's do this first because uh, I've been trying to stay on top of this. Um, it's this. Fifteen weeks till Star Wars Episode Seven. As I smash things on the table here, ah, um, I stuck to most of the main trilogy, and I'm going to continue to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, actually, this is the main trilogy. This is all the movies except for Empire Strikes Back. They okay. didn't have this. So, the set pieces for Tatooine, uh, a lot, uh, pretty much everything they shot for Tatooine was in Tanzania. Okay. And the sets are still there. They're dilapidated as hell, but they're still there. And a lot of people will go if they go to Tanzania, and they will, um, uh, they will go take pictures at the, the these 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 Tatooine buildings. Are there are there the charred remains though of uh, Owen and Baru? No, probably not. That would be awesome though. I would totally <laughs> like, get a picture. It's like there's a weird sandy glue out here and some charred bones. Let's just. I go. saw a uh, I saw a, a picture on the internet somewhere that had me rolling where it was a stormtrooper holding the bones up and it was like he has like LOL selfie. <laughs> I was like that's so wrong but so funny. Like so, dead, dead 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 Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru are always a good laugh for me, and I think that's terrible because <laughs> I've seen so many things like the action figures. Like they make an oh action, yeah, it's the, like it's just a skeleton, just the black right? skeleton in oh, yeah. an action figure box. That's funny. So like, real quick, don't want to get on this too much. You saw the teaser for episode seven? Did you see that like that fourteen second teaser that they just put out? Uh, the last one I saw was the one where Finn pops his lightsaber. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like I I hate these teasers where it's like, oh, we know here here's just a little bit. Nothing to really give you an idea what's going on, but just to let you know it's coming. Who in their world does not know Star Wars is coming in December? Yeah. Just like give us something. If you're going to eh, give us like give eh. us like little, give us thirty seconds of I, something. Well, I think that teaser was enough because all they wanted to do was let you know the character was a Jedi or he had a lightsaber. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a Jedi. Yeah, whatever, that's fine. And then what do you think of uh, separate? Aren't they teasing um, different Star Trooper helmets in Rogue One? Did you see that? Or I didn't it, see that, no. There's some really cool designs coming out I'm, for that. I'm bad about this because I'm trying to, like... Oh, I'm ruining everything no, no, for no, you. No, 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 no. That's fine. I, I mean, <laughs> you don't you don't have to be like, oh, I'm ruining it. But I'm not actively digging and seeking as much stuff as I can. I do that with Marvel movies because, to me, like, that's... The, the way that they follow, like, Civil War, like, I've read Civil War, so I know what's going to kind of happen. So it's kind of like... 
It's just like, a, oh, neat. That's how they're going to do that. With Star Wars, it's a complete surprise. Well, it's funny that you say that. Um, whenever you and I crossed paths um, the one night before I went to go see Ant-Man, you had mentioned to me, you're like, oh, yeah, that thing where he fights so-and-so. And I'm like, I didn't know about that. About what? When you, the, the, the Avengers tie-in to Ant-Man. Like, I didn't know. Because you mentioned it to me before I saw the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. And the the good thing is, I didn't hear half of what you said, so I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I went and watched the movie. I'm like, oh thank goodness I didn't hear all of jokes. I would have been really upset. Yeah, not not upset like mad at you, but I'm just like that was a sudden surprise. Like that was something I did not know with the fight scene. Yeah, that yeah. was like, oh, Joe almost ruined half that movie. Not half of the movie, but yeah. Um, so I don't want to ruin Star Wars by asking questions about things, but I thought no, it was no, no, no. You won't ruin it. It's just like I'm not actively seeking a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's some stuff that's so big it just pops up. But I'm excited for Rogue One in the sense that this will be the first like Star Wars experience that has not, no magic powers. It has nothing to do with Skywalkers. I mean, I, I guess they're hinting that there's going to be maybe some some Force stuff in there a little bit. That's fine if they have some Force stuff in there, but but this is supposed to be like right after. Um, is seven. it like after after six, right? Before it always seven. after six? Somewhere. In, no, no. It's, it makes no, sense. It's between, it's between three and four. Well, it makes sense. Because the Jedis were all killed off. Oh, between three and four? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's supposed well, to be like... Well, because Rogue Squadron was formed like as part of the Rebellion. I. But you see, you're... Wow. All right. So people listening, you're about to get... In, this is getting weird. Now that whenever Disney bought Star Wars, they pretty much said the movies are canon and nothing else really is until they say so. No, because like in the because now they all call it like lore, yeah, and legends, but not canon. So their their well, extended lore, universe, lore and legends was rogue. Rogue Squadron was made up of people who weren't officially affiliated with the rebellion. Like the rebellion technically had its own military, but Rogue Squadron wasn't actually part of it. But they helped the and that might very well be the same thing with this but i know that they're basically saying until we say that this is actually part of star wars canon again it's kind of out in the ether until they confirm it so like the cartoons that they're all doing now all tie in and then i think some like everything going forward that they put out is all canon but everything like the 30 years of stuff written before yeah so it's going to be a little weird um but i'm excited for rogue one could be fun uh anyway so that's enough star wars talk for this week until next week well i'm sure we'll talk more We'll get to this now. As I. Oh, it's so good hitting buttons. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. What am I reading? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to tie He's in. reading the television. So I'm actually going to. I'm actually going to. Do you have the email? I could pull I it do. I, I do. I can actually read it if you want me to read yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So we got an email from a listener. We always tell you guys email us it, it, it's, or um, send it's, us. It's a podcast first. Yeah. Um, we got our first email, so we should celebrate that. I'm going to celebrate that by giving them a Wilhelm scream. So there you go. Thank you for that email. Um, <laughs> this is from, I'll read you the name, the, the number one Howard the Duck fan two. I guess number one Howard the Duck fan one was taken at gmail.com. I'm questioning his fandom. Yeah. And um, so he says, I write to you today to discuss a very important subject. Howard the Duck. I believe that Howard the Duck is very misrepresented in your podcasts. I think that you should, and now on to page two, I think you should have a segment page two. <laughs> uh, about the great things that he's done and the great things that he could do. Uh, I have heard while listening to your podcast that you have mentioned only one person uh, that you know who likes Howard the Duck. I want that person to know that they are not alone. <laughs> there is a mighty Howard the Duck nation out there. 
We may not be very well known, but we are strong. Thank you for your time and consideration. Yours truly, number one Howard the Duck fan too. Well, Howard the Duck fan too. I jumped in and started reading the reboot of Howard the Duck uh, that Marvel did after Guardians of the Galaxy because uh, he's in the, the teaser at the end. Um, the movie's been out over a year, so deal with it. It's not a spoiler. Um, <laughs> the uh, People the, were excited for that when it showed up. People were honestly happy to see Howard the Duck there. It was cool. It was nice. I think it was a nice surprise for James Gunn to grab that and just kind of throw it in at the end. Um, but I started reading it, and so far I'm 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 impressed with it. Um, the uh, it gives it's very like it's kind of a, a noir detective feel. Like Howard plays this private investigator um, who is uh, um, investigating uh, a stolen necklace uh, for someone. Um, is it for Leah Thompson? No, it's not for Leah Thompson. Is um, it for Tim Robbins? No, it's not for Tim Robbins either. Is it for Jeffrey Jones? No, it's not. None <laughs> of the ca- none of the actors from the movie. Uh, but it's fu- is it, it does... for George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, it's for George <laughs> Lucas. Um, no, but they do a good job. They give him like a sidekick who's kind of like a, a tattoo artist that works at the parlor down below his um, uh, uh, office. I guess you could say his detective office because he's a private detective. Um, and so then you say he's a private duck. He's a private duck. Okay. Uh, there's a weird tie-in with She-Hulk. Like She-Hulk's office is like across the hall from his or something. And there's like this weird banter. And it's funny because like Howard is very like 1940s like Mad Men. He calls everybody doll and toots. And like and She-Hulk gets really mad at him. So that that interaction. Well, She-Hulk's good. a lawyer. She's a lawyer. Yeah. So I mean, um, like in the Marvel universe, she actually is more lawyer than she is superhero now. So yeah, she is. It's yeah. which is weird. Like, she has not been hawking out, picking things up. She's been in the courtroom. She's been hawking it up with, like, the legal motions. Right. Um, I but, object with this <laughs> truck across the room. But it's it's pretty good. It's it's well-written. And then... Um, so you're saying Howard the Duck's well-written? For, like, for, for comedy. It's funny. Okay. It's pretty funny. Okay. I enjoy it. Um, and then there's another one I want to get into, because with Secret Wars going on, they're mixing up a lot of stuff. And they actually did um, a, a, a book called Howard the Human... Where it's 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 flipped on its axis, and Howard is the only human in a world full of animals. Like everybody's a talking animal, and everybody. So like it's the opposite version of what he is, and he's still a private detective. Um, and that's written by Scotty Young, which Scotty Young I like some of his work, and his unfortunately he's not drawing it because like I do like his artwork because it's I want I don't want to say it's childish, but it's kind of cartoony and kitty. Well, that would that would fit that vibe very well, like that kind of. But he's not drawing it. Like, no. if you've ever seen, I'm trying to think what, he's drawing uh, Little eight, uh, Avengers versus X-Men right now, okay. um, and it's funny because it looks like just a bunch of kids on the play yard. Fighting. Who's writing Squirrel Girl? Because I know you had a couple issues of that. Ah, and, and you know what? I really liked that, but I know you um, didn't continue on with it, but that cracked me up the entire time while reading. I'm, is it, is, was it the um, Unstoppable Squirrel Girl? Is that, no, that's not what it's called. I think it's the Incredible. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. The Unbeatable Girl. Squirrel Girl. Let me see here. And if you guys, like, I know we're talking about Howard the Duck, and, and, and Howard the Duck fan, one eight seven five. You know, thank you for writing in. Um, but yeah, the unbeatable squirrel girl. It, that was a really funny book. If you guys want something just silly to get into, that is very self-knowing and self-aware. It, it's it's a lot of fun. But this is Joe's comics corner, not Paul's comic corner. Ryan North. Oh, okay. So different writer. Never mind. Yeah, I thought I had something there, but I had nothing. So, so you, would you recommend Howard the Duck slash oh, yeah. Human? Okay, I would. I would recommend Howard the Duck. It's it's a good. Like I feel like they probably took it serious enough to give it a lot of effort to bring it back 
and because a lot of times when they do revivals like that, um, they do put like a big like a big push behind it. Like I know when Guardians before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, uh, they threw Bendis onto Guardians when they rebooted it, which is a smart move yeah. just to give it so. like everybody excited and some hype. Yeah. yeah. So all right, so there there's your recommendation. Um, let me just let you know so you guys can follow Howard um, the Duck Fan Seven um, and write us at invadingpodcast at gmail dot com or follow us on Twitter at invading podcast and we have a Facebook page. You guys should go like that. And also, we're going to whore ourselves out and say, hey, you should go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. I mean, especially if you like us and tell people that we're pretty great. Same thing on Stitcher. You know, five, just be like, five stars. If you- they're pretty good. <laughs> like, just that, that could be the review. Like, I give them five stars and, you know, they're fairly reasonable. If you, if you, want, us, if you want me and Paul to go kind of crazy... Um, message us or write on the Facebook or the Twitter because basically we both always have access to it on our phones and we'll go back and forth like who is this do you know this who is this person and we get all excited when we have fan interaction yeah so and plus also I think um, especially what we're going to talk about next um, interaction and conversation I think is, is terribly yeah. not, not not terrible but it's terribly interesting so um, I, I love having the dialogue so please interact with us it'll be a good time um, and you never know what we might talk about next so let's just get to this eventually and now for our feature presentation and okay. I, I'm just going to give a shout out real quick I've been drinking um the Mag- Magic Hat has a specialty pumpkin beer because it's September 1st, so everything's pumpkin right now. Yeah. I've been meaning to, to gripe about this for two weeks, and I keep forgetting. Why does everything have to be fall now? I don't understand. Everything creeps forward a little bit. I guess, but it's like it was the middle of August, and I was already seeing pumpkin everything. Uh, Halloween candy. I saw the beginning, like August, the first week of August, I saw Halloween candy in the stores. Why is, why, uh, you don't seem to care. I, that really bugs me. It's it bugs like, me just, too. Yeah. So, you know what's going to be even more messed up is you're going to see, like, the Halloween costumes, and then there's going to be, like, a little tiny half section with Christmas trees. Yeah, that's true. So That, that bothers me. My shout-out is to uh, Magic Hat. They have their pumpkin beer, and it is called the Wilhelm Scream. Ah! So I've been enjoying that. So I, I don't know if the beer has sound effects, but it does now. So there's your shout-out. Um, <laughs> not that Magic Hat needs our support, but <laughs> there it is. Um, I teased this last week, um, and we're going to talk about it now. I read uh, Ernest Klein's book, Ready Player One, which has been out for a few years now. I read it too. I was going to say, I read it, <laughs> and I said, Joe, could you please read this book? And he's like, I have not read a book in forever. And you yeah. you, 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 committed, and I appreciated it. And I gave you like a, a time frame where it's like, could you please have it done by next week? So I can do book reports. I, I gave you homework. You know. Yeah. So um, the reason we're bringing this up is a couple of reasons. One. Uh, Spielberg has been attached to direct this, the, the movie adaptation right. of, the movie, of the book. For 2017, I believe. Yeah. And so that was kind of a big deal. And also, there's been a lot of hype about this book. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to check it out. I have some very mixed feelings about this book. I um, do. I do as well. So should we... Let's, let's just get into... Like, uh, so let's let's talk about the, the book itself, though. Uh, Ernest Klein wrote it in, what is it, 2004? Uh, 11. 11? Yeah. 2011. Oh, a na- native Ohio one. Yeah, he's from, was it Ashland? Uh, yeah, something. Yeah. Ashland, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, but he um, he wrote this book, and it's a short book. It's only about 350 pages. So if you do want to check it out, um, whether you we turn you off to it or you're curious about it or we do make you really excited about it, um, you know, check it out. It's a quick read. Uh, I, I think it's worth reading, no matter how we end up feeling about it. I think it's something because it's it's kind of caught this, it's caught people's attention, and 
I don't. It's basically yeah. what he did is he wrote. It's set in the year twenty forty four. Um, there is a matrix like. M- mul- uh, I, I want to. I don't want to say an MMO game because it is not a game. It is definitely a world. So it's almost like the internet has become a virtual reality universe that you can jack into called the Oasis. But but instead of like saying like um, if you went to let's say you went to Yahoo, so you'd probably pretty much go to like if there was a Yahoo Hub or or Planet, and that's where you'd go. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like broken down by like um, there are specific planets in this universe of the Oasis that are. Like set up like there's a whole school planet. There's yeah. a whole there's one that's set up like I don't know. There's one. It, there's there's imagine a planet of your dreams. There's a planet on this universe, right. and if they're you, all together. If, if you like Gundam, there's a Gundam planet where you go to, and it's like the anime Gundam. Yeah, so, yeah. But um, the story centers around uh, the main character Wade Watts, and primarily the story is all told through his perspective. Um, and he's an 18 year old kid who lives in these things called the stacks which are basically stacks of mobile homes because it's kind of like this dystopian uh, future where, you know, corporate, there's corporate society that, that, that rules. And then there's a lot of like, like poor people. And yeah, cause they're like, cause fossil fuels have kind of collapsed. So people have lived closer to these major um, population centers, so they can't go anywhere. So what they've done is taken like mobile homes, VW buses, all this and stack them and stack them, and stack them like Jenga blocks up yeah on the outskirts of these major city hubs so that way people just have a place to live because they can't physically drive vehicles anymore because there's not as much gas and other fossil fuels available. Right. There's still transport, but it's like very limited. So Wade, Wade jacks into this thing called the Oasis with the billions of other peoples on the planet, and a lot of people live in it and through it. Uh, it's a lot like the movie Surrogates, if you've ever saw that, where Bruce Willis, and which Surrogates was also based off of a comic, but... Um, people would jack into the internet <clears throat> through VR goggles and, and gloves or a, a suit, and they would control an avatar. So that's what they do in this oasis. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who created this oasis was a joint creation, almost like a Jobs Wozniak type relationship between <laughs> two guys. Um, Pretty much exactly like the Jobs Wozniak yeah, partnership. Basically, what happens is the creator, James Holiday, dies. This is in the beginning, so I'm not spoiling the book. He dies, and the main plot of the book is he leaves his fortune to be found based on the fact that he's hidden Easter eggs inside his Oasis quote-unquote game. So he created the Oasis and everything that's in it. Um, A lot of people attach to it. Like, he didn't make all the worlds, but he basically built the framework with this other guy, um for for this this thing that everyone uses like like almost like the cell phones and TVs of today um and then what ended up happening is after he died he left it as like whoever can find all these easter eggs would get his fortune they'd get access to his money to everything he has in the oasis yeah to controlship of the oasis controlship of like basically his his estate cuz he had no family and and like no heirs so yeah. it's like i have all this money can't take it with me I'm going to give you guys all a test. Think of like um, a video game version of Willy Wonka. Yes, it's very Willy Wonka. Yeah. Gives you that feel. Now, he did this because of his love of a lot of things. Pop culture from the 80s, from the 70s. um, And he basically based it off of a game called Adventure. Yeah, so okay, like, and I hate to even do this because, well, the, the, well, because like Adventure was the first Atari game. Well, it wasn't the first Atari game, but it was the first game 
that um, the, the creator of Adventure decided, you know what? Atari's not giving creators credit. I'm going to make a secret room with my name in there. So if people find it, they'll know I'm the one that made the game. So right. when, the, when the game got put out, people found this hidden room. And, they, and it was the first time in video gaming where the creator actually got credit for the creation and not the publisher of the game. So this holiday guy was inspired by this as a kid. And so he's like, you know what? I like this Easter egg. I think it's interesting. This is what got me into video games. I'm going to do the same thing where I'm going to hide these clues about things I like. So he grew up in the 80s, loved 80s movies, 80s video games, 80s music, 80s, 80s, 80s. Oh, and by the way, the 80s and 80s. They do cram the 80s down your your throat. um, And the 80s. And the 80s. But he made this game... Or made it made this this um, scavenger hunt more or less yeah. like uh, the the creator of Adventure Warren uh, Robinet, which he his name wasn't attached to the game, but if you did the Easter eggs the right way, you would find that room and you would see that he created it. Yeah, and it kind of became a, a a cult hit thing to go find it. So basically, he created a scoreboard. And there are three keys. And Holiday created the scoreboard. Holiday created the scoreboard to get his fortune. And there are three keys and, and, and three keys and three gates. And when you collect them and you get through them, you get through the scoreboard. And everybody can see when somebody goes for the scoreboard. So Wade gets sucked into this and he's after it. And it takes it's spanned out over a couple years. So it's the not, initial, it's not but, like yeah. an initial thing like somebody starts getting into the uh, the thing. Um, he... He uses he uses a ton of pop culture. I mean, I've seen references in there from I mean, tons of stuff. There's Star Wars. There's Battlestar Galactica. There's Dungeons and Dragons. Um, there's tons of '80s arcade games from Pac-Man to Adventure, Black Tiger, Tempest. Um, he references all of these. I mean, there's so much pop culture and nostalgia in this. It's it, to me, it's a little overwhelming. Um, and that was one of the points that I think we definitely wanted to talk about. Well, so, okay. So what, what Joe's saying is like, the, so yeah, the, the holiday creator in the book loved the, loved all of this. So of course his clues to his, his fortune are tied up and everything that was him. Right. So, um, the, the writer of the book, Ernest Klein though, it's like, it feels like all he ever did was grow up in the eighties and then somehow his life ended at like, like 90, like ish, like 1990. And like, that was like the decade that was his decade. I like, and that's like, that's where he like, it's where his love is. Well, he did. He did mention things like EverQuest and Warcraft. Well, that's true. You're right. Serenity. Those were definitely, you know, so, um, basically though, is like, um, the, the frustrating part about all this is, Everything we're talking about, it's like, that sounds really cool. Everybody like loves all this stuff, but it's just, there's this notion that in 2044, these people that got excited about trying to find this guy's fortune, they got all obsessed with his legacy and what he left behind that there was this, um, like revolution and like this re sparking of love of all eighties culture. So in this world in 2044, when all the stuff has gone wrong, people are into eighties music again. People are into eighties movies again. People are into hairstyles. It's like, I, that was like, so just imagine like, that's what 2044 that's, I can't do math, but that's 30 years from now. Right. So it's like, I can't see, I, I just, I don't know. Like I can see like, like if Joe and I said, you know, that'd be like us, Nate, well, 30 years from, it's 1985. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if like, let's say that like someone um, that in 85, like who was that? Was it DB Cooper? That or no, that's not 80. That's 30 years from now. Yeah. So that's, 
But like that would have been sixty years. So if we go back sixty years, then we're talking like the the third. Uh, That's true. 40s. But like, what was the name of that? Was it DB Cooper, the guy that left his fortune that like they jumped out of a plane and people can't find his his fortune or something? Like he stole money. Do you know what I'm talking? No, you don't know what I'm talking no. about. All right. So let's say. No, but let, let's say that like if we found like like Al Capone's vaults, which proved not to be a thing, right? But let's say that we got obsessed with Al Capone's vault and tried to find his hidden fortune, right? And you and I did all this research about Al Capone and the mobster like craze and all that time we wouldn't be walking around zoot suits like like talking that's, and holding tommy guns and being like hey joe did you see that talkie you'd be like i can't do talkies i'm all about the silent films it's like that that doesn't make sense it's yeah. like we could you could be learned and knowledgeable and apply your knowledge towards figuring out these clues but that wouldn't become my lifestyle right but that was the whole like caveat of this book is that everything it's, became the 80s again it became the 80s and a lot of people were like uh, playing these these games fanatically, and, and there's the a th- games like arcade games like um, Robotron and Joust and Pac Man and things mm-hmm. that we like. But I, you know, like I like them. I, they're cool games, and they they were groundbreaking. But I can't. I can only play them for like five ten minutes at a time. I have to walk away because right. I suck at them. But I think like, and I told you this when I when I finished it. I said I think this stands alone as a very good entertaining book but i feel so overwhelmed by the pop culture and it's hypocritical because we do we do a, a damn podcast about pop culture <laughs> I so i have that in my notes here yeah. yeah so it's like i i it's like i keep i kept going back to that and i'm like my, in my brain i'm like joe you're a hypocrite because like you you love all this stuff but like i feel like if klein had taken the time to become come up with some more original content it would have stood alone as a as a better standalone book with original stuff. See, I, I agree that in the sense that like because the, initial- the story I liked, it was a good adventure story, and it reminded me a lot of and I mean not to poke at the eighties again, but a lot of those old eighties movies with like a group of kids because you know there's a group of there's a cast of characters in there that are fun and they work together with stuff. Kind of like the Goonies or the Explorers, which they do reference the Explorers in the book. Of course they do. You know. But those type of movies, because it has that 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 coming of age, gr- uh, growing up in an adventure. You yeah. know, the main character falls in love, that type of thing. That, that like, I'll give you all that. I, I guess it's just like so. Um, my frustrations with this. I mean, and, and I'll, like I'll I'll tie a bow on the like we're hypocritical because we, we do a podcast about pop culture. Like, sure, like we react to things and we talk about what we enjoy, and what we don't enjoy. However. Um, we don't present this in a way that like you, the listeners, like, like, by the way, we're so cool that we're mentioning this right now. Like we're like, we're observers. We're not like, I don't know. It's the book always feels like, Hey, did you know this? Did you know this? There was, did some, you know this? There was some weird and it got re- like, and it, yeah. it got really like he was trying to out nerd everybody in the room, but it's like, you're writing a book that's only being read by one person at a time. Right. I got that. Like, cause there's a lot of glitches in the video games that he talks about that I didn't know about that were actual glitches in these eighties arcade cabinets. So these people that go hunting for this quest item, quest, these, these keys, these gates, they're all like obsessed. So they, they pour over this guy's life, but they meet in these chat rooms, which are these virtual meeting spaces. Right. So one of them, someone has one. That's, it looks like a basement, of course, cause it has to be a basement. Cause that's where you hang out. Right. Um, and there's a part where these guys are arguing about the soundtrack to the movie Lady Hawk. And it's like that just drove me absolutely bonkers that they're having this argument about the soundtrack to Lady Hawk. And then all of a sudden, all these other people in this chat room are just watching them because their their conversation was so interesting. It's like this is 2044. Like, like it yeah. just it just either you want to find this guy's gold 
and win the game or you don't, but I don't think you're going to watch two guys argue about a Richard Donner film with Matthew Broderick and Rucker Hauer from like well before their parents were born, you know? And I yeah. just, I, I don't know, like people. So here, here's the question though. Like, and I'm sure we, I don't even know if we've even done the book even justice in terms of what it's about. Um, but it feels like it's, if you stripped out all the purposeful eighties references, you would have a decent spine of a Willy Wonka adventure story where yeah. kids trying to find a treasure and trying to like walk in the foot, uh, the footsteps of someone that he holds in high esteem. And that's all interesting and that's not bad. Right. And there's, there's the token love interest and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's fine too. And he's learning stuff about himself. He didn't know all that, but it's just, um, well, my question for you though, Joe is, is referencing something the same thing as, um, as creating something new? No. And like, that's my problem with that book. And I think, I think like, um, like I can appreciate that because like from my experience as somebody being creative, like, like I, I play, I, I run D and D games. So, and, and I don't really try to use anything preloaded, pre-made. I try to just use my straight imagination and, I'm running, uh, you know, not to get too far off topic. A stick figure walks in the room. It fights another stick figure. No, but, right, I, you know, I've, it's gotten a little thing. And so, like, right now, my group that I... Was just, I was making a joke about your imagination. That oh, like, it's no. like a black and white stick figure walks into a two-dimensional plane. It has a sword that's also a stick. Um, <laughs> now, I'm running a game right now, and it's... It, basically, I told my players, I was like, play what you want. It's set in modern time, but I want you to play what you want. And, you know, the stuff that my guys came up with, it, you know, it's very broad... But it's all things in pop culture and in science fiction and fantasy. Um, I have a gentleman who's playing a, a descendant of Merlin or King Arthur who's a wizard. I have a, a friend who's playing a, a film slasher, you know, per se. And I have a friend who's playing a fallen angel. But none of them are a specific character. It's their own. But so it's, it feels like you have a little closer connection to this book than I would because you run a game that's like, Hey, make what you want, and we'll have it interact. Right. And this book is all this exists, but I'm going to smash it together. Right. And I feel like there's a difference. And there. that's why I said I feel like if he had taken the time, let's say you know he made up his own arcade games mm-hmm. and he explained it, and let's say like he took his own giant giant robots, or maybe there was a um, a manufacturing company that made giant robots mm-hmm. instead of just saying I've got I've got Gundams, I've got Mecha Godzilla, I have. Um, uh, Spider, the Japanese Spider Man. I have, you know, this Transor Z. Did you yeah. see the Transor Z? Transor Z was yeah. in there. Yeah, and he just took all of them and just mashed them up, and it was like cool robot fight. Yes, robot fight that we would never ever see. Yeah, but like, you know, why couldn't you come up with your own original? Like, I'm not really too faulting him because that 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 piece does grab a lot of readers because they get excited seeing that you know that mashup. You know. Yeah, I just everything though. Like it felt like, like okay. So uh, you guys can't see this uh, as we're recording, but on our, our table of mini goods as we record, um, we have a Greedo bobblehead that Joe won months ago at the Star Wars competition at that one bar we were at. He's brought over various Blizzard little little characters. I have a Gundam. There's my Mega Man trophy I got from winning the Mega Man challenge, and then um, we have some Super Nintendo games, and then we have our Infinity Gauntlet. That's awesome, right? Yeah, like. 
and, and, and some odds and ends stuff that's on the table. Like, like, and Joe was making the joke before we recorded it. It's like, you could write a scene from Ready Player One just with the stuff you're looking at on the table. Yeah. And that's how this felt, where it's like, the guy was writing, and he's looked over at like his shelf of stuff, and it's like, wouldn't it be cool if this guy fought that guy, and then that guy happened to fight that guy, and they all had DeLoreans. And it's like, th- th- there's a line between creative writing and um, wish fulfillment fan fiction. I guess you could say, like, and I feel like a lot of this is wish fulfillment fan fiction. It is a lot of wish fulfillment fan fiction. But the, like you said, the backbone and the skeleton of the story, I enjoyed. The parts that were original, I liked. I really liked the villains, the 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 yeah, evil corporate, the yeah, the evil corporate IOI villains. There's a corporation called IOI in the the book. And their whole goal is to win this contest to take control of the Oasis. So they can start charging money for services in right. this thing because it's all a lot of it's free to people to use. So it's it's definitely a corporate villain, and, and you can get behind it. And they cheat, and they do despicable things, and you really hate them. Um, and they could been they could have been flushed out a little bit better, but I thought it had a good villain on it. I thought the the major characters with Wade were all very interesting, and I would have liked to seen them flushed out a little bit more. Yeah, it just uh, he always had the answer for everything. He always had a solution before there was a. Pro- it just it felt very, I mean, and I feel like what the problem isn't necessarily with Ernest Klein's imagination because clearly it's influenced by all the stuff we love. I think whoever was editing the book should have been like, you know what, I like this. Could you give me another pass of it? And I think there would have been a stronger narrative if they would have like taken a scalpel to some of it and been like, here, here's what we like. The stacks are interesting. That's an original like idea. The stacks, a lot of like, the, yeah, the you, stacks you, you are paint interesting this poster, characters. Like, you, you paint this like world in trouble, but you never really show us how it's bad. Even the Oasis yeah. as a character I thought was interesting until they started to use it more like an MMO. Yeah. So. so I it just I mean and also like there the big the big set pieces in the book are all wrapped around arcade games in one way or another but it isn't so much interacting with arcade games it's playing arcade games and that to me so then um before I get to my big plot twist that's coming and I warned Joe about uh so with Steven Spielberg doing the movie and oh here's something on IMDb I found I was going I was going to throw this out here too and I don't know how true this is cuz IMDb trivia can be anything right yeah um, Christopher Nolan, Robert Zemeckis, Matthew Vaughn, Peter Jackson, and Edgar Wright were all being sought out that. to direct this film. Yeah. And we talked about, before I even found this, like who you'd like to see do the movie, and you mentioned Edgar Wright. Yeah, I'd love to see um, Edgar because this, this, this book has the makings of a great Scott Pilgrim movie. Like, yeah, because like, like Edgar Scott, Wright took, yeah. he took Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is like this, like, uh, I want to say, eight-volume eight manga, and squeezed it into a two-hour movie and kept a lot of the heart and soul in it. Because I read the mm-hmm. book... I read. Well, I guess I read the the Canadian the manga. manga. What do you what, what do you even call that? It's Canadian manga. That's really uh, weird. Canadian? I don't know. Manga. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't Man-an-a-da. know. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, Canadian. I don't know. But uh, so I read it, and it's like there's like, there's details you missed, and there's plot points that didn't make it, but the heart and soul's there, and the humor's there, and it's a love letter to video games, and also Scott stopped being such an asshole and become a grown up a little bit, and actually you know fall in love and all the stuff, and that was cool, right? So Edgar Wright, I think. Would be good at this but um and he was actually really good at in- incorporating interpreting the source material but he also did it with the writer of the manga I, which i should know that guy's name but it's escaping me right now um, um i just um spielberg is supposedly directing this and i think spielberg is i mean well, he's plenty smarter than i am i first heard spielberg uh was attached to this before i even read the book like i think it was like during um uh 
E3. Yeah. Because Spielberg was at E3. And that's kind of what started sparking me wanting to read this. Well, somebody yelled out because Spielberg was playing like one of the Forza games or something, one of the racing games. And they saw, people were gathering around watching him play because he's Steven Spielberg. But uh, somebody yelled out Ready Player One when he started playing the game. And he had a hat on. And he was like, yeah. Like, he, he was happy they knew the And then reference. someone yelled, Crystal Skull. And they beat the shit out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they removed him from E3. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> But after starting it up and firing it up, like I'm reading it and I'm like, I totally can see why Spielberg would get his hands on this because like we had talked about like when he took Jurassic Park and he turned it into more of a thrill ride than a disaster movie. Yeah, I mean, the book the book is like science run amok and the movies like that, too. But it's more he focused it more on the kids and like made it more. That's why like. I'm, re- yeah. I'm actually really excited for the movie Ready Player One because I want to see Spielberg's take on it. I, you know, and I hope that, you know, here, here's my hope. I hope they gut the whole thing and they actually... I don't like, think they slap, gut it all. Yeah, just... So, okay. Um, now you're making it sound like we hate Red. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, no, so you... And I made the joke, like, you, if anybody's seen the South Park episode uh, about World of Warcraft, yeah. where it shows them being all, like, fighting in the game, and mm-hmm. then it cuts to them being terribly overweight and covered in acne in the basement just clicking keys. Yeah. That's how a lot of the action sequences in this book felt to me, where it's like, and then I did this, but it's like, if the entire time you realize you're just sitting in a room with, with these, like, you know, force reactive gloves and, and visor, Boy. like, if it was Edgar Wright, I know sure as hell he would cut back showing this every so often, just to remind you how silly this hero is in this world, where he's just sitting being slightly overweight in Columbus, Ohio, which is where this big corporation is located. Yeah. That's not really a spoiler, but good on Columbus that they survived most of the apocalypse. There's a lot of Ohio <laughs> plugs in the book, because yeah. he's from Ohio. So. Yeah. Um, and so, I, it's just, I don't know. I think, so my biggest thing is that I hope that Spielberg finds out a way to impart a sense of danger and loss, because this book, like, if the biggest threat is that you're going to lose your avatar but still start over in this world... That's not really a loss to me. Like you might lose like your stuff and your experience, but you're not losing like, I don't know, like it's just, it's not a physical threat to your person. And there's a little bit of that hinted at the book, but you need to make it like almost the matrix where if you die in the matrix, you're done. Like they need to make it where there needs to be an actual sense of loss and risk. And this book has none of that. Um, But here, like, so you guys can read it. Let us know. Like, yeah, I, please. I was really aggravated with the book, and I convinced Joe to read it. Um, and then <laughs> he, got, he came away with it, like, thinking better of it than I did. I came away. Like, I started out, of, and I was just kind of getting a little frustrated with it. And then towards the end, I, I slowly realized what he was doing, and I saw the skeletal structure of the story. And I enjoyed it more for that. Um, I I don't want you guys to, like, be, like, it's, like I said, I don't want you to be like, God, why are they telling us to read a book they didn't like? It's I didn't I didn't dislike it. Well, I you know what? Read the book, get to the dance club scene, and then you guys can tell me what you think of it. And just uh, yeah, and and if you want to, God damn it! If you guys are if you're book readers, because I know there are a lot of people out there that read books, it's definitely worth a read. I think it's like two bucks on Google Play and Kindle. And it's like four bucks on Kindle right now. Yeah, so it's like it's not it's so, not really much of anything. You know, just pick it up you know it's a quick read and just let us know what you think uh we'd be more than happy to talk about it we want to hear some people get excited about it um i have some friends that kind of like were surprised that i was not happy about this book like i've had some pushback about it okay but i'm going to drop my my plot twist on you okay While you fought through ready player one i dropped ten dollars in red armada which is the second book i hate no by uh 
by Ernest Klein. You don't have to read it. Okay. I'm not going like, to ask you to read it. This, this next, is not how this works, week, Paul. <laughs> next week, we're talking about Armada. No, now, we're not. Um, I, you know, like, because I was like, you know, because the funny thing about it, so here I'll say this. Um, everybody, like, it, 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 that book just came out just like a couple weeks ago. Right. And, the and people, he's announced a third book this month. Yeah. Actually, and he's so. already sold the movie rights to this one. So, oh, as, yeah. as you know, as frustrated as I am with this guy, dude has a DeLorean in real life. He's making money hand over fist now. You know, I who the hell am I? You know, I guess I'm just a jealous non-neckbeard, jealous of a neckbeard. Anyway, so I read Armada, um, and a lot of people don't like the book. Like, it's getting, like, negative reviews. Uh-huh. And these are all people like, I loved Ready Player One. I didn't like this. I want to tell you that I didn't hate Armada as much as I did Ready Player One. Oh. And is that damning with faint praise? Probably. So, here. And I'll tell you why. Um, and it, brief, brief synopsis and tell you why. Um also written from first person, which I you 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 usually lose me whenever it's written from first person because then unless you do something really crazy with the writing, I know that character is going to live through the entire thing. So it's like there's no real sense of danger to this person because they're telling the story after the fact. Yeah. So I get really frustrated with that. So it's a high school senior. He's sitting in class. He looks up out his his um, the window in school and sees a spaceship, and it's a spaceship from a game that he plays a lot. Right. And he's like, that can't be real. And he thinks he's freaking out. So because supposedly his father um, had the same like weird paranoid visions of spaceships when he was a kid. But his father died when he was 19. Also a senior in high school, I think. And, and so he goes home to be like, am I losing my mind? I'm going through my father's stuff. His father happens to have an attic full of 80s items. So that's how he likes the 80s and 80s, 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 80s. Right. Same thing. But then he he's really good at this video game called Armada, which is an online like game where everybody flies spaceships and everything. Sounds like Eve. He, he kinda. He's. But by the way, scoreboard there too. This this character's number six in the world in this game. It must be amazing to be able to write yourself to be great at stuff. But so he has this whole thing where like he's really good at it, and then one day. Um, like the next day, actually, literally the next day, a ship from the game Armada shows up and people come out saying, are you so-and-so? Yeah, we need you at our base. So this was all a big training simulation by the, by the Earth Defense Force to fight this alien threat. And they were using an online game to train pilots. So Last Starfighter. Last Starfighter meets War Games? Yeah. Because um, we know how much he loved War Games. Yeah. Um, so it's like this whole thing where he ends up like, and also like, you're like, okay, great. He's going to be doing like death blossom out in the middle of space. These are all drone piloted. So he's sitting in another like safe chair pilot seat, flying a ship that he's not actually in fighting all these alien, all these alien invasions that have distinct patterns because these gate because the it, it's just because it's like Galaga and all this stuff. Oh, I get you. So you already sound like disinterested in this. Yeah, stuff. Um, so I'm just going to give you some 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 points here, real quick. Um, let's see here. First person perspective. His father was his link to the '80s, right? So I just mentioned that already. Um, and possibly hot chick who games and has an R2D2 painted flask that she drinks out of that he's attracted to and she likes him back. So again, impossibly like, how is this going to happen? I guess you got to have a love interest. Um, he's sixth in the world in a video game. Somehow this high school senior saves the world again. Like it's all like, it's like a lot of the same blueprint, but the reason I will say it's not as bad is because he does do the 80s stuff all the time, but it's not as, as widespread. It's more just like focused on like sci-fi, like shooter stuff. Okay. And uh, that's just, well, it sounds know. like maybe he's growing as a writer. I hope so. I hope that whatever, I hope he gets this, this shit out of his system and write something of his own this next time around. But it's like, so Joe, if you, if you want to read Armada next week and talk about it, 
<laughs> I don't We're not going to do that. I might get around to Armada, though. It, it's... I am it, going on vacation in October, and I, maybe I'll maybe I'll pick that up as a read. It's just it's just weird to me that people don't like it because they're like, well, it's not it's not as like eighties like as much fun and zany as like Ready Player One. I'm like, I didn't think Ready Player One was zany is probably not the right word, but like fanciful and escapism. But it's like, I don't know. I I guess I guess my big problem, and I told you again, is like like referencing something is not the same thing as creating something, right? So. Um, and I, and I have a couple examples here of things that celebrate the same stuff that we love in the same way, like Scott Pilgrim versus the world wreck it. Ralph is a celebration of video games. Oh yeah. And it does reference games we know, but it tells its own story. Yes. Um, uh, who framed Roger rabbit. We just talked about that. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it does reference <laughs> like all these cartoons, but the main characters are, are original real quick tying yeah. back to, uh, Howard the duck, like that whole noir, way that Howard the Duck talks my in my mind when I was reading it I was doing Eddie's voice just because like the way that he talks <laughs> yeah and like well like Kung Fury recently is like a love letter to ridiculous over the top yeah. 80s movies but it's not the same thing Black right. Dynamite is like a love of 70s black exploitation films but it's its own thing mm-hmm. so I guess it's like I love it whenever it's like oh this feels like this but it doesn't have to be this right you know, like, and I think, I think Ready Player One, the book commits the same sin that Pixels the movie does, which is just showing you something is not the same thing as enjoying it. Yeah, I didn't see Pixels, and Pixels uh, did really bad, but you're right. If, if it had, let's say those aliens in Pixels didn't decide to use Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, and they just made up their own Pixel monsters, that yeah, would have been, I think, been a something, bit right? Or It's called being creative. Yeah, right. So, I mean, and here, listen to the two guys at podcast and just talk about things that already exist, you know? So, yeah, well, I, as we continue to talk about things that, that we do not create. Although, you know what? This next part coming up, we did create. So, we do try to be creative on this so, show. So, yeah, my last question for you, though, and maybe this is what this is why people react to it so much. Is this the first time that someone has picked up something that references things they love so they cling to it tightly? Like, maybe someone growing up is like, Hey, I was born in like the late '80s. Maybe this is the first time. It's like, oh, yeah, this is all the stuff I like, and it's referencing all the things I love. So this is the first time. Like, there has to be something that you like you attach yourself to growing up that you're like, this is really cool because it's the first time you've experienced it. You know, like meaning like, um, oh, what's a good example? Um, I don't know. Like, just like like um, like I latched on to Scott Pilgrim because I really enjoyed that it was it was like a the dissection of video games and it was kind of a different take on things but that's my first experience with that kind of mix up maybe that's why I like that more or like like Shaun of the Dead was like the definitive like good zombie comedy mix up and maybe that's someone's first time watching something like that and that's going to be their high mark like Star Wars for you like that's I, your high mark cuz that's what you like this is what right, you latched on to right that's what I latched yeah. on to um are you talking about like what's something to compare to Star Wars? I'm talking like Ready Player One. Maybe people that are like like they read this and this is like maybe they don't read a lot of books because right now there's a lot of people that do read, but there's a lot of people that don't like like um, like me. I well like <laughs> this is not the same thing, but so many people got drawn to Fifty Shades of Grey because it was so edgy, which it really isn't. It's not edgy, but that might be the first time they read anything that was like ooh taboo, and they really latched onto yeah. it. Or like Twilight, it's like oh it could be vampires and romance, like. This is this felt unsafe. Like it felt like like borderline little little dangerous. I don't know what's going on, and they really grabbed onto it because of the first time they had they dipped their toes in that well, and they feel safe doing it. Yeah, and I'm not saying yeah. Ready Player One is the same thing as it's a, not dangerous. It's like yeah. shitty glitter, glitter vampires. I'm not saying that, but it's like maybe that's why people are so jumping on it because it's like, hey, it's the '80s. I remember that, and I love it. Yeah. Like, okay. So, but this next bit, 
So that was enough about Ready Player One. Please let us know how you feel about that. And I'm going to assign Joe Armada for reading for, for summer reading for the rest of the year. Um, Summer's over in like a couple weeks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I have been playing Rocket League like no other, which is amazing. Like no game. It's like car soccer, right? So yeah, it's, it is it's, car it's, soccer. It's so much fun. So I thought I would challenge Joe since car like, soccer is like not when a car game. hits you in car soccer, do you like flip over and you're, and you're like, oh, airbag. Oh, oh, <laughs> like do you sell the injury and then yeah, when they yeah. pull the card out, you get up and you're like, I ah, flop. My car's okay. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my steering assembly shot. I can't oh, get off the field. My, my fallubial nappers broke. Fallubial na- broke. Oh, oh you got a card? I'm fine. Oh, mm-hmm. my Jacob Sprig is shot. I don't, oh, my flux capacitor is not fluxing. No. Um, Did you see that one where the, the guy was like waving to somebody on the soccer field and the, the guy literally just like walks into this guy on accident like he's not running he just okay. kind of grazes him with his elbow and the guy hits the ground like a sack of potatoes like he just <laughs> gouged his eye out Ow. and he looks Ow. and he's like what like i've never seen better acting in, in any sport than soccer soccer and and um like basketball has a lot of flopping in it you're right and football does too a little bit where they're like oh you gotta throw the flag you gotta do this like and, and i'm it, wearing a helmet and pads that guy totally hurt me you know and it's like, like a gazelle getting up after like a hyena <laughs> and a cheetah just like are fighting over its carcass it's and it's dolphins. like i'm i was just faking it guys and it just runs off yeah like. so i'm gonna just challenge joe this is nowhere near scientific if this is um a real sport or a fake sport oh okay all right so like and these fake sports come from pop culture so bonus points to you if you could tell me where they come from <laughs> So um, let's try. Let's let's see here. This first one. We'll do Quidditch. Oh yeah, that's from Harry Potter. Okay, so okay, that's that's you're right. Yay. That's fake sport. And I guess some people play that for real. I don't know how. I don't do know it. how. Yeah, like they run around with, like brooms. And they jump up and down, which is stupid and would be exhausting. I don't know if I want to play a sport with like something like that strapped to my legs. All right, um, foosball. Real sport or fake sport? Yes and no. It's kind of a trick question because foosball is from the water boy and she was referencing football. Oh, you're talking about foosball. Like, oh, you don't go playing foosball. Yeah. But I'm talking about like you actually have the rods. And you oh, yeah. The- foosball okay, is okay, real. Right. So, all right. You're right. Um, death race. Yeah. Death race is a, is a fake sport. Okay. But that's, you're right. That's yeah. the David Carradine movie. <laughs> from this. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. So that, that's that. You're correct. Uh, murder ball. Murder ball is a fake sport. That's a real one. That's the wheelchair. Oh, that's the wheelchair one. Yeah. Damn it. I knew it was a movie. It was a documentary. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, slam ball. That's not real. That's a real one. That's the one with the trampolines and the basketball hoops. Have you really? seen that? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Um, oh, um, what was this? Oh, Dejeric. That's not real. That's the 3D chest in Star Wars. I was going to throw that one out. That's yeah. what they call it. So, all right. Basketball. Oh, no, that's from Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Caber toss. Caber toss? Yeah. Yeah, that's real, I guess. That's, that's the one where the Scottish guys throw those large poles. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, solo synchronized swimming. That's real. That's real. You're right. That was a forgotten Olympic sport. Like, how do you do solo synchronized swimming? Is it just to a soundtrack? I don't know. Like, if you're not in sync, do you both lose? No, solo synchronize. So you're by yourself, right? Like, so how do you? How, there's no. Partner. What do you synchronize to? Yeah, oh, I thought saying. you meant like one per. Okay, so you were right. You just didn't know you were right. All right, for how? All right. Um, let's see what we got here. Chicken kicking. And is that real? You tell me. Yeah, that's real. It's fake. That's the that's what happened in Fable when you ran out and kicked all the chickens. It's a game. Do, yeah, it's the mini game in Fable. You could be like a chicken oh, kicker. Remember? Um, okay. No, I don't remember. That. He was like chicken kicking. You don't remember that? All right. Nope. So, all right. Better um, not be doing that in Zelda. Yeah. 
Space Disc. Space Disc? That's not real. It's totally canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Space Olympics. What about Space Luge? It's totally totally canceled. canceled. Yeah. All other events are pending. Um, Atlasphere. Yeah, that's from American Gladiators. You're right. That's right. Okay. Um, Ferret legging. I don't want to know what that is, but I'm going to say it's fake. It's real. It's where they actually take a ferret and they have people with jeans where they have like the ankles tied off and they put ferrets in and to see how long they can last. Uh, it just people are stupid. I would, that's you know. mean. I know. If I was a ferret, I'd Why? be pissed. Yeah, like how long they can last till what the ferret bites the hell out of them? I don't know. I don't know what the, the dude. Yeah. That ain't right. Who yeah. does that? Uh, d- dumb people. I don't, I don't where? Know. I just. I'm going to find those. <laughs> you know, you just got to go down to your local ferret leg and haul. I don't even really like <laughs> ferrets as a pet or anything, but that's just me. What if I told you it's called possum legging? Would you be like, yeah, screw those possums? No. Uh, okay. All right. I want to know why you got possums in your pants. Why, that's what, weird. What if it's called kitten legging? Would you be like, that'd, that'd be worse. sad. Okay. That'd be worse. <laughs> Jacobo racing. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said Jacobo. <laughs> like you tried to <laughs> choke a bow. Is it chocobo? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. So it you already be. know it, though. So it's yeah, like, not real. like you could, like I know. Well, you know what? Chocobobo. Chocobobo. <laughs> a lot of people would be like, "You're not saying it right." No, that's from Final Fantasy. Is it, is it Chocobo? Is that yeah. how you say it? There's yeah. also Chocobo breeding. Oh, I remember when my buddy when we we played Final Fantasy VII. Like we were playing that like furiously, and his his mom would always come in and be like, "Why are you guys playing this stupid chicken game?" We're like, "What? It's not chickens." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Chocobos. Um, swing shot. That's uh, for American Gladiators, too. <laughs> Come on, man. I got my American Gladiators. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great, great, great. Um, Running Man. That's for, that's a Schwarzenegger yeah, movie. Yeah, you're right. That's serious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it took you a second, though. You're like, like, wait a second. Wait a minute. Actually, isn't that supposed to start in like two years? Uh, yeah, right? 2017. Uh, that's when Running Man takes place. Um, you know uh, You know who wrote that? Uh, well, the book? Yeah. Stephen King. Okay, yeah. yeah. He did it under a pen name. A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah, Richard Bachman, which is actually still listening to the movie as Richard Bachman. I know that stuff. Right. You should. You're a King I re- fan. I, I, read, I read books, Joe. I read two this week, the past two weeks. I read two books. <laughs> I read two books. I'm not, I'm not over there just clicking away at Diablo like you're brainless. I, like, actually, literally, like, Saturday morning, I was like, I'll start reading Armada. And then, like, 2 o'clock, I was done. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, there goes my day. Like, yep. I was just, I was so, my brain was so tired from just reading. I'm just like, I'm just going to lie on the couch and just watch TV, which is probably the exact opposite of what you should do after reading a book. It's like, I should discuss it. I'm like, nope, I just want to sleep and watch TV. Anyway, um, Death Ball. That's fake. Okay, you're right, that's fake. That's from Futurama. Um, Blurns Ball. Blurns Ball sounds like it's from Futurama, That's also from Futurama. <laughs> uh, Deadly Disc. Is that from Futurama? That's from Tron. <laughs> Is that what it's called, Deadly Disc? <laughs> that was what the name of the game was, like the video game Deadly Discs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, pumpkin Bowling. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. I don't know who else does it, but we used to do it in my college. So I just wanted to give a shout out there. So there you go. Um, What else we got here? Invisible Boat. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to say it's not real. That that was in Guts on on Nickelodeon. Do you remember Guts? Yeah. The Agricrat. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. See? Um, Whack Bat. That's real? That's a fake one. Did you ever see, um, oh, that Wes Anderson animated movie? Um, Oh, shoot. What was that called? Uh, the one based on the Ron Dahl book uh, has all the anime. The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes, there I was Whack that. Bat. There, that's what they I played. I remember was, that. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Blitzball. 
Uh, Blitzball is from uh, Star Wars. Or Final Fantasy X. Remember that's what they played? That was that soccer? Three, oh, was three it Blitzball? Soccer? Yeah. No. Yeah, that was Blitzball. What did they play in Star Wars? The Pod racing. Old Republic. No, no, no. The Old Republic had a... Oh, Hutball. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, Hut... Okay, that's my... Hutball. Is that a real thing or fake? Yeah, it's okay. fake. Yeah, right. Blitzball's fake. Uh, jump Ball. Jump Ball? That's, that's not real. Uh, you're right. I don't remember where I pulled that from, but that's <clears> not real. Um, what else we got here? Real quick. Moon Race. That's not real. That's also from Guts. I just... <laughs> Oh, is that where they had the moon shoes? Yes. <laughs> okay, I remember that. I don't remember the name of the games on Guts. Uh, Skajoring. That sounds like it's not real. It's a real thing. I think it's a, a Swedish sport where a horse drags a guy on skis. And that's a great name for it, Skajoring. That's a good That's a good way to get your legs broken. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's see here. Oh, I'm running out. So uh, Sponge Bridge. No. That's a real one. That's a competition. And did you ever see that show Unbeatable, Unbeatable Banzuke? Uh-uh, no. That was on, uh, used to be on G4 after Ninja Warrior. All right. So last one, um, unless I have anything else here, uh, is Muscle Gym. Is that a guy? No. <laughs> yeah. You got to challenge Muscle Gym. Muscle Gym. <laughs> Anybody who could pin Muscle Gym for three seconds. Yeah. Uh uh, yeah, that's real. And that's also a, an unbeatable bazooka. I just wanted to mention that because here's the description. Two competitors have to do as many sit-ups, back extensions, and push-ups as they can in three minutes. And oh. it's like they would challenge each other, and it was like basically just like an endurance test. Uh. And unbeatable bazooka was one of the greatest shows on TV ever because it just didn't make any sense. So anyway, um, that will do it. That was for our fake sports, real sports. Um yeah, just a plug for Rocket League. If you guys can play it, it's awesome. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, it was a fun show. Let us know what you guys think about Ready Player One. If you've read it or if you're going to read it, like tell me that I'm wrong or that you agree with me. Um, we have uh, the email address. It's uh, Invading Podcast Gmail, uh, Twitter, Invading Podcast, and our Facebook page. Um, Anything else that you want to throw out there? Anything? Uh, no, not really. Okay. So thank you again to Howard one num- number one Howard the Duck fan two for writing in. And um, I don't know what what do we anything for next week that we can think of because I know we're we're getting closer to October. October is probably going to be a big deal. Yeah. Because um, it's spooky. <laughs> And, and again, uh, we appreciate you listening. And if you could, guys, go on to on the iTunes or the Stitcher, give us good reviews, and let people know that we're awesome. Um, if you Well, if you think we're awesome, I think we're awesome. We are uh, pretty cool. We're pretty cool. Yeah, the Stitcher and the iTunes reviews help us a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, yeah, uh, thank you, guys. It was a good show. And um, for now, we're, we're going to go. Um, I don't know. I want to make Joe read some more books, and he'll be angry about them. 